there's been so many times in my life, you know, where I've opened up to somebody and they've opened up to me, but there's some kind of shadow aspect, some kind of like, they have their own complex, their own wounds and shit that they haven't worked through. And I basically opened up myself to get fucked with. With social dominance, like they're not realizing that the the external thing is just the projection of the internal feeling, essentially. Mm. Mm, So that's why that can be a whole mess because they're not relating to you. They're relating to the thing that they're trying to get or push away, essentially. The big hormone Enneagram. I'm John Lukovich, 415, sexual self-prezzed. I'm David Gray, self press sexual, nine with one wing, nine seven four trifix. What up? It's Emika. I'm an eight wing seven, sexual self press with eight five four fixes. Hi, I'm Nancy. I'm a three wing four, self press social, nine trifix. Hi, I'm Alexandra. I'm a social self preservation, nine wing one, nine six three trifix. If you like or hate us, make sure you go like and subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and make sure you leave us a review. Welcome to Big Hormone Enneagram. Uh, we we I don't have no idea when this is going to be released relative to other episodes because we probably all out of order. Yeah, probably three weeks. Yeah. Um. All right. So, uh, been working on stuff with my uh, Egypt friends, and trip might be more expensive than we thought because uh, price has been going up. <laughs> okay. So maybe like four and a half. 4,500, something in that area. Um, but I'll talk more about what that will include and all that kind of shit, but just putting that out there for people to think about. Please buy my book. Please re- uh, rate and review my book. And um, that's all I can think about for now. DAA, Dark Arts Academy. You want to become dangerously perceptive and skilled at seeing the types clearly. We've been doing classes on the sexual instinct um, a bunch of series on the sexual instinct. We just did the head center and the heart center, which was heart center was fucking hilarious. We had some, we had uh, Madonna and uh, what was that two that we had? Jennifer Tilly, Meg. Tilly. Oh my god, she yeah, I was yeah, she's a caricature. She is. And uh, we just did a class on Vincent Gallo, who's also a really insane, hilarious person. Mm-hmm. So yeah, check it out at uh, anygrammar.com and uh, if you are still stuck on your typing you can get typed by us up there as well there's got we've got some discounts in uh, our members area and the discord all right hello i am alexandra i my website is saturn ruled nine come for all your astrology needs i'm also covering in i'm also covering the bachelorette through a reality tv perspective and lens so you can join in on that conversation it's been pretty fun it's a very important conversation very important very important conversation um i'll, I'll say I actually, that uh like the videos are really fucking good like and they're, they're really funny. really good yeah. and super She's, well edited well edited but oh, also oh, like thanks, the, her insights are like really great and mm-hmm. so she's really able to take people's conflicts and break down like all the weird dynamics that are happening better than i've seen anybody be able to do and so like i mean i'll you know i'll be painting or something like this and i'll hear her editing her own video and i'll be like be laughing or like hearing the good points she's making or something like that and uh 
So that's really cool. So like a lot of people have been watching them that don't even watch these shows, and they've been like, maybe I should watch Bachelorette now or something. <laughs> so check them out. Yes. Like, I'm one of those people. I think you might break me of my 20-year boycott. Yes. <laughs> Somehow she made the Bachelorette I'm interesting growing and more deep. powerful. <laughs> you did the impossible. Bringing society yes. down one person at a time. Just sucking us into the Bachelorette. <laughs> Who brought you here? Um, Alexander did. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I mean, watching these kind of dynamics, like this is not to sound dramatic, but watching those kinds of dynamics helps me learn the Enneagram. You see the patterns so loudly and so clearly. And then just like the more practice you get, the more you kind of can't escape being able to see those patterns. And then you're able to apply it to yourself and to other people. And then it's just as clear as day. Um, so yeah, that's been fun. Come join me. It's, it's fun. I love to talk about it. And yes. And then the next thing is Josh Levine and I from What It's Like to Be You and I are doing an attachment support group through the Enneagramschool.com. That's going to start on August 22nd. And this is going to be a support group specifically for attachment types. It's very limited capacity. And what we're going to be doing is helping attachment types see their patterns. Um, there's going to be a lot of conversation and a lot of like intimate holding with this with the aim to be to help you recalibrate yourself and be able to kind of go back out into the world with a better handle on your own location. So that's going to be really powerful stuff. It starts on August 22nd and you can sign up through the Enneagram School dot com. David Gray. David Gray. David Gray. I am David Gray. Uh, let's see. Continue to believe in my magic powers and my wisdom and support me in any way that you can uh yeah and there'll be more instinct booklet uh do you still sell the cards the instant cards i or trifix have, booklet i yeah the trifix booklet still available on my site as well as <clears throat> my site is any any what is it any site.com <laughs> yeah i'm still learning you know um uh, and Enneagrammer.com. Uh, and there's other digital products. I have, I don't have any more of the physical copies of the instinct cards, but I've got the digital. So, yeah. Uh, and then we have guests with us today and I'm going to introduce them, but I'm also going to announce, uh, that I, Uncle Magic begins. Uh, want to congratulate my sister Michaela and her husband Will. Uh, they don't listen, but my sister Lucy listens. So mm-hmm. we have, I have a new niece. Her name is Margo Elizabeth. And uh, I'm, I, am, uh, I am big on the uncle power right now. Nice. <laughs> so, first time uncle. Uh, so we got Kristen and Ikram. Uh, Kristen, you want to plug your, uh, your, 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 your little podcast or whatever? Sure. <laughs> um, yeah, it's insomnia. Go find it wherever you listen to podcasts. We talk about dreams and the Enneagram, uh, and we're on the social instinct, coincidentally. Um, what does that mean, though, like that you're on the social instinct with dreams? Oh, like that's what we're, we're discovering what the archetype of social is, what it might feel like being projected out onto people which show up as figures in dreams but then also like the inner sense getting in touch with the inner sense of the instinct you guys are doing these uh like the series on each of the instincts and you do don't you do kind of like a dream incubation thing where Mm -hmm. each of you set the intention 
to dream about a given instinct, and then you yeah do some deep uh, dives into it based off yeah. of dreams. Yeah, we we like kind of split up where we look at like symbols of the instincts, like how they might show up in dreams. Then we start kind of looking at mythology and then we go into like the actual dreams and hours. That includes hours. And sometimes I get examples from other people. Mm. Um, so, yeah, you get like the, the wide range of what the instinct would look like in that realm. So we uh, for for people listening, we did a live pod like. Two weeks ago, I think it was released like a week ago, but this is probably like a month or whatever from <laughs> listening. And anyway, it was cool to see like to, re- to we did like a whole context thing about all the Enneagram or big hormone nonsense and uh, how this this dream podcast and the stuff they're coming up with is like the next shock point in this octave and how that's just like this uh, the next jumping off point into a whole other universe with the Enneagram. So mm-hmm. it's like brand new. Nobody else is doing anything like this kind of cutting edge stuff. So uh, very cool. Thank you. Yeah, it's really, if really I, good. Yeah. If I can make a slight like recommendation for anyone who's diving in, I think the most recent episode with Sammy was really fantastic. And mm-hmm. I got a lot out of it. She was talking about her experience um, as a self-pressed social nine. and just t- listening to her speak made me under like understand the differentiation between self-pres and social. It was very, very good. Like uh, the self-pres social and self-pres sexual are a lot more alike than I thought they were. Mm. 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 Yeah. Toxic Sammy, the most toxic <laughs> one of our group. <laughs> yeah. Ikram, you've never been on the pod before, right? Yes. I've never been on the pod. Um, I don't really have anything to promote or plug, but you know, just happy to be here, happy to be alive. I think um, Akram did excited one, to talk to you guys. Akram did one question on one of the love. Oh, that's right. Oh yeah, on. I did. I did do yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, say that your say your, say your type at least for everybody. Oh, yeah. oh okay. So um, I'm typed a seven wing six, nine wing one, and then the three wing is debated, but I think three wing two, um, and social sexual, and I've been typed since. 2021 i believe so ikram is uh has loosened the ban on seven fixes for real (laughs) she's the exception yes yes it's still up for deliberation about whether i should be participating yeah we might just kick david off and have ikram in place yeah his seven six makes up for all the other I'll say for any listeners wondering about Ikram, she was interviewed by Josh Levine on his podcast. Oh, yeah. So yeah. go look out for that episode, which is really good. was just released too. Yes. It was, it was just it was. released. Also amazing. Yeah, yeah I was Thank just you. listening yeah, to it today. It it's really good. Yeah. Thank you. Well, look what we have here today. We have uh, Alexandra set up all ready to go and <laughs> Emika just can't get it together. <laughs> Look at that. Problem no more. <laughs> Did he just say shut up? Yeah. <laughs> you know what's kind of funny is Josh and I have hung out a couple times and he told me uh, while we were like reflecting on the trip, there was one point where he was, I can't now, I just like, it just flew away. Hang on. <laughs> Hang on. All right, well, Alexander has not redeemed herself. <laughs> <laughs> no, take it all back. It'll come back. It'll come Two back. Nine to function. 
<laughs> oh, oh, that he was saying that it was like funny to watch my dynamic with Emika because I've started to be like more argumentative with Emika <laughs> <laughs> and how like our relationship is basically just like fighting all the time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but Josh said that I, but Josh said that I win a lot. So, the tables have turned. Hey, if you're fighting, I'm winning. That's, <laughs> that's what I, you don't you can't understand. Can't find your phone, man. It's <laughs> a seven wing reframe. If we're fighting, we're changing all the rules. I'm winning. <laughs> <laughs> what do you all mean, right. I lost? All right. All right. <laughs> all right so, uh, one of the things that we decided would be good to talk about is well i felt like the zone that we did in chicago was like a very social zone like social instinct like i feel like like the in the one where i met alexandra at was like at least for me a very sexual instinct yeah it was very <laughs> very flirty zone but i think the whole vibe was sexual instinct yeah, it was very like was really flirty yeah. it was like the um conception of something it had conception energy you know yes. and it had getting outside of usual boundaries energy it had all this kind of stuff but this one was like really like you know we learned a lot about like you know emika and like your world and um i think all of us just like really felt we'd found something about like our people quote unquote and um a lot of people were crying about it and whatever and there was a lot of like just like easy connection and like one that didn't have to be propped up by words or anything like that it was just it was just vibes. And so, uh, you know, and so knowing Alexandra as, as well as I do and like all her sadness and sorrow and heartbreak around the social instinct and her, her shielding against that, and it seems to like come up with a lot of people. And so, uh, so we have these, these deplorable social types on with us to, you know, to, to talk, we, we talked a lot about like what it's like to live in a sexual blind world and that kind of a thing. And we've talked a lot, you know, on this podcast, of course, but, um, even though I don't think social is as uh, much of a blind spot in our culture, it's still just as much wounding. So uh, I don't know. I don't know where to start, but that's kind of, there was a lot of like that, like, oh, this is like the zone was like, oh, this is what we're like wanting a lot of. And yes. this is what we're missing a lot of. And it gave new like texture and language for like a, a longing that doesn't get a lot of uh, serious examination. Yeah. Um, from the, I guess, jumping off of that, from some of our conversations after the zone two, John, what I heard from you is that you were a little bit surprised to hear how much all of the social types and those people with activated social instincts also had these same kind of woundings. Like it, this mm -hmm. was not just a blind spot neglect thing. Mm -hmm. um, it was a social dominant and social middle, you know, kind of present loneliness too. What were you guys' impressions? Kristen and Crom. Did the zone like activate any sort of uh or were you just like, yeah, fuck it. That was a f that was fine. <laughs> There's another weekend. Check. Yeah, I don't even I know why I'm here. here all the time. <laughs> <laughs> she forgets um, our names. <laughs> I found it a really healing place to be because I think I have felt pretty close to people in a in a social sense, but it feels like something that has to be cultivated over years. Um, and it also seems very, something very dangerous and like fleeting. You know what I mean? Like maybe I'll have that with one person. Like one thing that I, I said to Alexandra, and I think she said the same thing to me, is that 
it's so rare to be in a room full of like people that you deeply care about, like every single one. Like I really like you as a person and um, I trust you. And I don't think that you're like, I, there's like no ulterior motives or like judgment or I don't know all the negative things that come with social. Um, I think people, what people are reacting to is that like, yes, like we might have friendships and close relationships with our family members but a lot of times there is there is a, that shadow of just like there's a lot of pain and shit that you have to go through before you even get to the kernel the good stuff mm. um and so i think alexander has a lot to say about that actually we, we had a um, deep conversation about that during um the trip but that's what i was feeling i was like oh i didn't even like there's nothing fucked up about this it's, there's nothing wrong and i don't feel like people are judging me i feel like i can be myself um, and I also feel like I can know people very deeply and it doesn't have to take years. You used the word uh, dangerous there, which is interesting to me um, because uh, social danger is kind of like, what the fuck? What do you mean? Social danger? <laughs> I mean, I, I, I kind of get it intellectually, but I mean, that sort of gets into the subject here of mm -hmm. uh, social suffering and pain. So like, what is that that you know the potential for danger in social space um i think i had a conversation with you after um the trip david where i kind of expanded on this but i think th this is my like subjective view as a social type but it's like i see a lot of lonely people or a lot of people who are wanting some deep communion with others and you have to open up yourself to to get that right mm -hmm. there's been so many times in my life you know where i've opened up to somebody and they've opened up to me and i felt i felt like you know we got each other but there's some kind of shadow aspect some kind of like they have their own complex their own wounds and shit that they haven't worked through and i basically opened up myself to get fucked with or like i think the yeah. word i used was like emotionally molested you know which is very dramatic mm -hmm. whatever but right, right, right. that's so you feel scarred and you feel mm -hmm. like i have to mm -hmm. close up and i just I have to give up on going into the world thinking that I can be with other people in in a very deep way because it's a fantasy and I'm actually just like getting my, getting fucked over and over again, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've always been I've always been very aware of the social dangers and who knows if I just like came into the world with that kind of thing or if it was like some kind of framing that came out of my family or if it came from like my experience as I don't know, as a person developing connections outside of family, because I definitely have a lot of experience with being, yeah, like socially fucked over, like you said. Um, but yeah, my I've always had a lot of anxiety in social spaces, especially new ones, actually, especially all of them. Uh, but we'll start with the new ones, especially new ones, because I just never know when someone is. It's hard to tell when someone's actually being sincere. Um, it's hard to know when someone isn't going to use this like connection and this bond and this like openness as like a bargaining chip to get somewhere else. Um, you know, I think it was like a couple of years ago now that we had someone come over under the guise of friendship and, and then it, it turned out to be a catastrophe, you know, and Joke it turned out to be just like, yeah, and it turned out to just be some story for other people. Um, so it's that kind of, it's that kind of thing, kind of putting your your openness and your, you know, because I think as a social type, the way that I experience love is through the social instinct. And the way I think I'm going to get into contact with it most directly is through the social instinct. 
So when you open that up and then it just gets messed with, it feels like your heart is being messed with. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you just learn to be really careful about it. You know, Game of Thrones, I think we mentioned that on one of these last episodes, but that's always has, that's like, I don't know, it's kind of sad to say, but that's always been my sort of navigation when it comes to the social instinct. It's just like making sure um, that everybody's playing carefully. Mm. And so I think that going into this, and I said this on the live pod too, but I think going into this social space um, in Chicago when we all met up and then realizing over and over again, just kind of taking inventory and, and finding that there was nothing to take inventory of. Like there was like, I don't have to watch this person. This person's not going to act out. Da, 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 da. Like, especially as a nine two, like navigating the social harmony, especially as an FE dominant, that kind of stuff. Realizing there was nothing to be on guard about was like, now what? <laughs> now yeah. what do I do? <laughs> what am I supposed to do? Just get what I want? That's not realistic. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's, that's my starting off point with that. Speaking of social danger as a social blind, I think it's something that we've all had to really become more aware of, that it's right. really negatively affecting us, at least for me. After the last zone, I was really 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 upset and i didn't it's kind of like this waves of upsetness where you don't realize how upset you are that you've been violated in a way that you didn't look out for and just to see how much you can be affected by um the wrong people violating social boundaries and things like that um so experiencing that sort of pain because you're not you're not anticipating it it just raised the bar in terms of all right we can't really fuck around here this is a really important social space for us that's really vet every single element of this and um so yeah i'm i'm really i'm really happy with the way things turned out but that's that's the results of a lot of social pain from you Mm -hmm. know social blinds kind of being cavalier about people yeah and one other thing i would add is that um another aspect of the danger is that usually when you go out into society or whatever when you commune with other people um, there's like subjects that are taboo and you feel like fucked up for bringing up or whatever. Um, and I felt like that was missing from the zone as well. Like there was nothing yeah. that you like, there was nothing that was super awkward to talk about. And if you, you were dealing with deep pain, which I think, you know, a lot of people were at the zone, but, and just in life, everyone's mm-hmm. dealing with a lot mm-hmm. of deep pain. You were able to like, just get it off your chest and talk about it. And it wasn't this, like, I don't know, it wasn't like fucked up or weird or culty like i thought it would be <laughs> <laughs> the truth comes out i'd be culty and you came anyway <laughs> yeah. i had my escape plan don't worry <laughs> <laughs> yeah i uh i like your term actually emotional molestation because yeah, yeah with being social blind it's on one it's this weird thing where on one hand you kind of don't trust social at the same time like you're cynical about it and it's at an arm's length but at the same time you're like unspecific about why and 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 also naive in a certain way it's like you're not like oh fuck all this stuff you're just like yeah i don't have time for that i don't like whatever that seems like a hassle seems like too much but yeah there's always there's a way like especially last couple years both you know through stuff related to this group as well as like uh you know in my personal life with friends and uh, like you know people that position themselves as mentors with me that they uh like just turn they're just like sharks that turn on you and like really like fuck you over in ways that you're like 
you know, that only because I like had you somehow close to me in some way you could have done. And one of the things as a social blind, I'm always like, all right, so let, let's see how I put this. Like, all right, like, so with, with, with y'all, like, you know, y'all are my friends. And so it's like, I just want good stuff for y'all. And I mean, yeah, there's like, it's like a little bit more complicated. Every, every dynamic's got its uh, layers and stuff. But basically, like, it's pretty fucking simple. It's like, mm-hmm. I, you know, I got your back, you got mine. I have a hard time understanding, uh, like, where the, where the, what the motive for the fucked up behavior is. Right. Because, <laughs> like, and I wrote down a list when you said, um, you call the, like, you know, emotional molestation. And I was like, you know, I guess people want, like, validation and they want attention and they also want to tear people down to lift themselves up. They're, uh, like, trying to work through all of their pain for, in the social sphere or the sexual sphere or whatever, like, by creating a, so- a social situation that, like, makes them feel like everything. It makes them feel better about themselves, exactly like you said. Like, if if I can get you to look like a piece of shit or if I can kind of break you down whatever... Um, I can trick myself into thinking that it was always going to happen that way. One yeah. sense that I have is um, that, well, as a social blind, you don't understand what social is as a like a tool and a sword and a power mm. that has specific, I don't know, uh, moves you can do or something yeah. or whatever, right? And you're just kind of completely naive to social power and uh yeah action or something and you just don't even so you don't suspect it Mm -hmm. sort of around the corner or something Mm -hmm. i guess it's like um with the sexual instinct you know john you and i were aware of how uh an attraction dynamic and all the different layers and you know you can watch uh, some two people interacting and you can sort of tell like what they're going for or how they're trying to get polarity and tension. And so you're really aware of the, the attraction game. Mm-hmm. And it seems like with social types, right. it's like this sort of sensitivity that as social blinds, we lack of how much of a big deal it is to play this game and the sort of like layers and intricacies mm-hmm. and, and different stances that you can take to sort of position yourself above or below someone else and to us it's like who cares i mean we're all kind of like you know flatten the field and we're like it doesn't matter but it really fucking matters you know to Mm -hmm. someone who's social first um and so kind of that's kind of what uh catches me off guard it's like whoa this is like so many layers deep on something that i didn't think was a big deal but it is a huge deal (laughs) like uh yeah totally and like you know thinking about like to that point about tearing others down to feel better about yourself like and this is a sincere question but like have you ever has have, have any of us any memories where they tore someone down and it made them feel good you know what i mean or like made them feel better about ourselves like i mean i've I, revenge has felt good but like actually just i don't know i just can't like it's it's a weird motive to connect to because i see it all the time where people are kind of trying to undermine each other but like well, I don't know. Maybe, maybe here's a shallow way to connect to it through sexuals. Like people who simply want to hook someone just so they can prove to themselves that they're attractive. Mm. Like sexual types yeah, doing that all the time. Of they're not even interested in the person; they're just interested in their interest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, so, like, like yeah, the yeah. the ego game that you can play with the sexual instinct. 
I can see that with socials. Like, I just want to prove to myself that I can position myself as a higher status than this person who actually has more status than me in this group. And so I see a lot of people who come to us who that may be a motivation for them is to, okay, you're above me, but I'm going to make you beneath me in some kind of weird ego way. So what is like, what is the actual, like, like as a sexual type, I connect very easily to the sense of like being unchoosable, right? Like being unattractive or like a partner secretly longing for or wanting or, you know, going over fantasy with or memories with somebody else and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, and it's all this like scarcity around being chosen. But what is like the fear or the quality or the suffering in social like at the, the you see like at large like it feels to me like you know we've talked about this uh but you know most people like even good friends don't even seem to be that good of friends you know they don't seem to be like that like like they don't seem to like know how to be close to each other or something or like get past mm-hmm. the barrier of like like we like to drink together or something like that and so <laughs> i'm curious like there's the there's a sense of being attacked socially but then there's like the kind of like the more of the this milieu of social suffering that's out there. I think um, to kind of go off of what everyone's saying, like social is really like a a vulnerable thing because it kind of has to do with your acceptance and if you belong. Mm. Um, And I think it can look really different depending on your type, but also like the family you were raised in can also influence the way that you find or try to feel acceptance and belonging and so like that can cause a lot of pain around people so like i kind of in our in our dream episodes (laughs) we talk about um social is where the realm of shadows live so Mm -hmm. everything you're talking about with like people trying to pull other people down and like whatever like that's all just shadow projection that's like a quality in themselves they're not willing to own so they have to like Mm -hmm. double down on putting it into the shadow like i Mm -hmm. because that's not me and i have set up the picture of myself and anything that that challenges that needs to be destroyed essentially so you're going to go to great lengths to to do that And that's all in the social realm because then that like wherever you put yourself versus other quote unquote, like that's, that's going to determine if you feel accepted and you feel like you belong, if that made sense. Yeah. So, so one of the things, cause I think I understand what you mean by projecting shadow, but like for people, so what you're kind of talking about is that social is the instinct that links the inner emotional life to the outer and a sense of identity to the outer world. And so that people are basically taking their inner world and projecting it onto the outer world through the social instinct and trying to annihilate the parts of themselves that are out there that don't abide by how they want to be or how they see themselves or something like that. Here's here's one piece Mm -hmm. I'll add to that is like I said it before, to me, personality is kind of ruled, quote unquote, by the social instinct. Mm-hmm. So that's your self-image. So then you're flashing, let's say, self-images to people with your personality all the time, the image that you want them to see. So there's mm-hmm. what brings in what you're talking about, Kristen, with the shadow, right? Because mm-hmm. uh, you can't um, 
well, just being all light or something is not realistic. Right, yeah. Yeah. That's where it gets really complicated because mm-hmm. everyone's shadows are going to look different. Like, depending on yeah. how you were raised, depending on your type, they're all going to look different. And they're all going to play different roles that, that will conjure up a lot of different kinds of pain. So that's why, like, so coming back from the zone, in my experience, like, it was kind of the almost, I mean, guess being triple attachment and whatever, like, it was especially like, oh, wow, people can see you and, like, you know, mm. connect with you in a way that you've kind of always wanted. And so going like back into the world, which is in my world, a lot of self-press socials, like I, instead of, cause I'm usually getting frustrated around people a lot. Like, why aren't they opening up? Like, why aren't they being vulnerable? And it kind of made me realize like that self-press wall, at least like there's, that's there for a reason. Like there is a lot of pain and grief mm-hmm. in social that like that's that whole idea of like some people are just self-prez self-prez like there's like (laughs) yeah yeah, yeah. (laughs) like i kind of understand that because there's there's a lot of grief in it like even in social blinds there's a lot of grief in that like if you haven't been able to be vulnerable in front of someone and like i think why it's vulnerable is because you want to be accepted like or or you want someone to make you feel like you belong and that's there's a lot of risk in doing that. That's really vulnerable. So it's like, mm-hmm. it kind of made me realize like, oh, this is why people don't do this normally because you, you never know what kind of risk you're taking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even social dominance. And that's the thing, like social ego stuff is just a way to kind of like, you just keep interacting with the projection. Like you mm. keep interacting with right. the shadow and because that's what you think is going to the the external thing for every instinct is going to get you the internal feeling but with social dominance like they're not realizing that the the external thing is just the projection of the internal feeling essentially mm, mm, so that's why that can be a whole mess because they're not relating to you they're mm, relating yeah. to the thing that they're trying to yeah. get or push away essentially mm. Yeah, one of the uh, things that comes to mind is uh, like, you know, I can't be too specific, but like uh, there was somebody who I had a connection with or something like that. And uh, as soon as I like just even this person was always very like affirming of our like familial connection. And then as soon as my attention was not able to go to this person. They like absolutely like dropped me in a way that was it wasn't just like they stopped being my friend like it it actually put me at other kinds of risk and it was like it was like such a like mindfuck shock you know it was like um it was so weird because it was like something about like like attention or social currency or something like that there's something it's connecting somehow emotionally to what you're saying but I'm I'm having a hard time putting it together but like. That thing about like most people living in a external world that is just pure projection representation of their inner world and and not actually having any interface with another human being. I don't know. There's something there that is really interesting. Mm-hmm. It's like social objecti- objectification thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's painful. because um, Especially when you think you're getting the real thing where you're communing with somebody like in a deeper way and then you find out 
um, whether they drop you because something socially happened to you and your reputation is like not as solid or maybe they elevate it in some way and that connection doesn't mean it as much or maybe they got a new job and you were just like a distraction or whatever mm-hmm. um yeah that that causes a bunch of shame and like heartbreak and all this stuff because it's like I gave you my heart like and I thought mm-hmm. I was I was talking to your heart but actually this was fucking garbage and not it was a waste of time I wish I never fucking met you like I, like there's a lot of like I don't know dark feelings Anger. that come up yeah yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah I've noticed a, a certain phenomenon in that's happened in my life but uh, like I've observed in other people's lives where there some people will establish will, will get another person like a certain kind of intimacy with another person and at that point they will try to uh like they will somehow fuck with that it's like it's hard to explain especially trying to be uh like not too specific about anything you know <laughs> on the podcast but like it's like a certain level of like connection or intimacy is achieved and some people it's like a light goes on to like either sabotage it or fuck with it it's like somebody mm-hmm gets that point where they're it's like they're really exposed and then it's like oh oh it's like now it's time to snuff it out or something like that i'm talking about does it make sense yeah and that could be family stuff like and that's you know what's really really toxic family like the way that you're brought up if that was a dynamic in a family like that's what you're going to think is but it's like the attachment styles kind of you know interesting like it's gonna it's that's why i think social is just so there's so much to it because all of that like history is involved with it like self-pres can be the same as well or 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 sexual obviously but with social it's like so much more going to be involved because day-to-day you're running into it and day-to-day you're running into people or not and that's even saying something like you know there's there's so much history and depth to that yeah no it is a wider sphere it's more multi-dimensional somehow social yeah 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 Yeah. Yeah, and it seems it seems like uh because we're social animals sexual and self-prez also have social consequences Mm -hmm. so it's almost like sexual for the sake of social or self-prez for the sake of social so (laughs) somebody like like trying to sleep with this person because it gives them social clout. It's like a whole, it's like, yeah, it's like, it's like there's a, you know, here's, you know, self prez got this much of the pie and so sexual is as much of the pie. Or, I don't know. It's all, you know what I'm trying to say? It's like, yeah. there's a whole yeah. other thing. Yeah, I'm social blind. <laughs> <laughs> it's all social. <laughs> I think um, part of how I've always seen social, especially as distilled from self prez and from sexual, it's just like like the image of like a kid, just like a little kid, just standing out in the cold and hoping that you will take him in, mm. you know, just hoping that you get taken in. Like, it's kind of like a herd mentality, not in like everybody thinks the same, but this is like, it's family, or at least that's how I have always seen socials. Like, this is your family, either that you were born into or that you were chosen. These are the people that you are trying to cultivate in order to have a group that will look out for you. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like, like more, I don't want to say more eyes or more resources, but it is kind of like that. Like you just right. have, you have a wider network um, for your own, I don't know, for your own well-being. Or it's and even so just think, like, it's just a human being too. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. And that's why like the shadow can just be projected. Like the more you generalize a person, you know, through different shadows. And this is for social for anywhere in your stacking. You can easily generalize 
groups of people or just one kind of person or whatever, like you're just demonizing them to the point where their humanity is like totally stripped. And they are that kid left out in the cold to just Mm. die, you know? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. You're just trying to be accepted. Social is just trying to be accepted. It's just trying to find its own family. And then it gets distorted in all of these different ways that it makes it, at least to me and in my life, it has felt like almost impossible like i feel like i can get through the first couple of layers and that can stick around for a while but then there's this eventual realization of like oh we were only here for each other for a time and this is not it didn't actually like last um or like years go by and you realize that the connection has kind of like faded and that it was never really anything like those kinds of experiences yeah like no that's it go ahead well when i uh like doing the re research or bio- biological research for uh my book like was a m- big mind fuck for me because uh i just didn't th- there were things i just didn't think about about what it means to be human and how humans are organized and how humans are is so antithetical to the narratives our culture says about what a human being is and so one of those things that really struck me was how basically people have in a sense open-ended nervous systems Mm-hmm. that are filled in and regulated by other people. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. like we're not uh, as independent as we view, we, we view each other. Mm-hmm. And yet we're all kind of operating, in, at least like in, in this culture, with this, with this view of, of sort of autonomous striving individuals. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and how also like how fucking completely sensitive uh, our nervous systems are and how affected by things our nervous systems are, which is also against this sort of, you know, false individualist thing. And so it's kind of, it's like, it's interesting because especially the, all the instincts are kind of fucked up and sick, but there's like a real, like, social disease. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I kind of feel like with with the other instincts, the, the, like, solutions are a little more clear. You know right. what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But there's a whole thing about personhood and yes. interpersonhood. Mm-hmm. And then, like, all right, so you're not just having to work on yourself, but, like, you know, like, all right, let's say, like, uh, you know, in a toxic relationship, you can work on yourself, and at a certain point, that person's got to work, too. And even if they work, it might not work out. And if they don't work, at, work on themselves, you might have to just, like, fucking leave that thing. But, you know, it's a lot more complicated than that. So it's, like, it's a really fucking weird right. shit Right, and, like, imagine that complex nervous system, right? And now put it in one house with the <laughs> same people that you will see for 18-plus years and then shift them into, like, a couple of different school districts where all of those people came from individual houses without any communities. This is so social, I'm sorry. But it's <laughs> perfect. That's yeah. perfect. Like, and now you're expecting them all to interact with each other when they've just come out of, like, these toxic or even if they're a normal family, you're not getting any other, like, perspective or sense of community or something like that. And then you're expecting them all to be able to be friends and connect like no wonder that their relationships are shallow because Mm -hmm. they don't know what depth of connection actually feels like you know because they're only no one thing i always notice after the zones that uh there's like a level of relaxation that i feel that Mm -hmm. um it's almost like um a release of my nervous system and i'm like man i feel really loose and relaxed Mm -hmm. and i was like how can i this last time i was like how can i tap into this but 
or, or without like you know every four months or whatever but there was something that courtney said that struck me that this is this is the way humans regulated each other yeah before sure. like you had to be like you know the way animals are on top of each other and like being in connection physically with other people and having depth of you know connection and intimacy that is healing and um on a body level as a body type that's something i i notice acutely after every zone that even just hanging out with a friend um mm -hmm. how much better i feel how much how much more relaxed i feel so there's something it's really important really important uh, way that we regulate ourselves through other people so if you don't have anyone that you can connect with deeply how horrible must your life be mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, totally. it's true it's true it's like yeah. it, it's like um if you can if you give negative social to somebody you could you could really just take them down to death yeah, honestly yes. And yeah. if you if you give them positive socially, you can you can like save them from insanity, and mm -hmm. and you know you could you could breathe so much life into them. Um, this kind of this entire conversation reminds me um, of the story of a, a woman who came here as a refugee, and she was diagnosed with like three different mental disorders, like psychosis and um, OCD and every single thing that you could think of, um, and she kept on going in and out of. Um, hospitals and her social worker was completely like at wit's end and she sent her to like a third cousin or whatever her third cousin said i can't have you staying at our house because you're just such a destructive force and i don't want you to be around my kids which just take that in like how painful that is yeah. you're new to a country and somebody says that to you but she said i'll i'll drop you off at a hotel and this hotel happened to have a bunch of people from her same culture like somali Somali people right and she got better in three days. Like she said, I couldn't mm -hmm. sleep before. I was afraid. I felt like there was things coming out of my closet and things that wanted to kill me. Um, and then I just leave my door open a crack and I hear everyone else walking and it's fine. And she, she goes downstairs every night for every day for breakfast. And she talks to like all the people at the hotel. And yeah, she's like a little bit weird, you know, <laughs> or off, but, they, but they like her and they bring her gifts. And you know, her social worker said, we'll just pay for this hotel. Like she can just stay here for good. I think she found her place like, and like tears welled up in her eyes. And that's what I think of social. Like that's how strong social is. It could fucking save you <laughs> from the brink. And I can't think of a huge transformation like that. That could be from sexual or self-pres like right. everything, your that's health, true. your that's body, true. your mind, you know, emotions. Mm -hmm. That's really, uh, really interesting because what it makes me think of is, you know, kind of both on, on both your point and Emika's point is like, and this, this is like a thing for me is since we're not stuck in a Airbnb in Chicago together or, you know, whatever sort of circumstance was the way, the, the, the environment that our ancestors evolved in, that their nervous systems adapted within, um, that being around people that are not just like the family that you're stuck with, just being around people that like are actually like kind of good for you, like you kind of you kind of need an excuse or a reason, like you need to be doing something, you know what I mean? Like, like because mm -hmm. we're not just around each other, so we're like, you know, we all like have this interest in the Enneagram, which is great, but it's like, you know, but then sometimes I'll be I'll be with even you guys and I'll be like, all right, I don't know why they'd want me around, you know what I mean? Like, I have to like, what's my what's my value add here because yeah. and so then i get i can get into this like you know and i'm an image type too but it's like this like 
all right, well, what am I, you know, normally I'm pretty good at like just like, n- like not entertaining those thoughts or whatever, but I'm still like, I can't really like see myself in a social way. So then it's like, there, you know, I think that brings a lot of insecurity for people in general. You know what I mean? Like, cause when I step out of it, that kind of like, why would anybody want to hang out with me? When I just think about myself, I'm like, oh, there's a lot of things I like about myself. I like my art. I like my book. You know, like I can kind of list it off. But then when it comes to add value in other people's eyes, like I don't, it's not there for me. So uh, like I feel what I'm saying is I feel like, well, like what's an interesting thing because I can feel good about myself as my own being, like as my own person. And like, and I like to spend time with myself and stuff like that. But then there's kind of a blankness of what's my like excuse or token or thing I have to pay to like be involved. You know what I'm saying? Does that make I think, sense? I think that's yeah. the problem with social though, is the mm-hmm, problem yeah. that especially this, I mean, this is going to be present in like almost every family um, is that you think you have to be transactional. Mm-hmm. Um, and the whole point of social in its like core essence is that you're accepted. However you show up. Yeah. Like you don't need to give anything to be able to receive something from someone to connect with someone, stuff like that, that like, I think that unconditional love is sort of in the social instinct that that is not expressed in a lot of um, social settings or friendships or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't mean to hijack this conversation like y'all can fucking <laughs> no, go ahead. do whatever. Great, yeah. But um <laughs> You know, when is th- so, so like that's really interesting the sense of like love and beingness. And then we we're also talking though about like danger before. And so there's an interesting thing there because like this thing about like the unconditional love and acceptance, this like thing that's there at the same time, this like sense of danger. And it's, it's made me think about, um, you know, like a lot of people, like, you know, like some of y'all, like we come in through getting to know each other through like, you know, like, talking online and then we meet up at zones and we're sort of feeling each other out and then we're like oh yeah we can relax with this person so but there's a lot of people like even before the zones that we're trying to kind of like get in and there's this sense that we've had to adopt of being like protective in certain ways but also still letting ourselves be open in other ways and so i guess what i'm getting at is like this sense of owning your own social danger like that each each one of us is like socially dangerous to other people. Mm-hmm. I think is like a really important thing because like I've I've seen a lot of people try to be like over enthusiastic to like get in and then they just like they're they're wanting to be accepted and they're whatever and they just like fuck themselves over and implode right in front of us real fast. And much just talking about with us, but like in general, yeah. I think it's like people people wanting wanting to be connected will start to not own how uh fucking you know, quote unquote, socially dangerous they can be like, because they're insecure, because they want to use other people, because they want to put other people down, whatever it might be, or to like, get in some sensitive information and then be like, I have sensitive information and spread it. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's all sh- that's, no, that's no, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Keep going. I don't yeah. Know. It's all shadow stuff. Like they're projecting something onto another group. Like they're going to give me something, mm-hmm. but it's not the people themselves. So like anytime they're interacting, they're not actually interacting with you, but that's what sucks is because you don't know. You, you really yeah, got, yeah. you kind of can't know because you're probably relating to them in a way that's some sort of shadow. Like, and that's where like the, the depth of the shadow and how much of a charge it has over you is what's really important. And you're only going to know that if you become more aware of that playing out. 
And most people don't. We don't have that kind of like guidance anywhere <laughs> to to yeah. learn that about yourself. Yeah. I think we sort yeah. of had an awakening about this um people this podcast anyway gave us a social awakening that people were using us as uh social objects. So I think it was twenty two two years ago, twenty twenty one, where people had a reaction to the soul intercourse episodes and it was this wake up like the concept of a parasocial relationship was a huge deal to us like i mean i'd never really (laughs) yeah like that reality tv people or characters on a show become like real people and people are getting into fights about them and arguments about them there's a whole world that's created around relating to those those um people that they have no connection to but they have connection to through a show and it just uh, blew up a whole bunch of realizations about attachment, but also just like how starved people are for connection, that this is the way that they project their inner world out through us as objects. And it becomes this kind of weird fangirl, fanboy thing that can happen that we felt as like a social, um, being socially molested, you could say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. What was the topic of the soul sex? Um, the soul episode? intercourse, it was basically. Um, an epic saga yeah like in terms of realizing the depth that one can experience through relational uh, romantic connection and and basically not giving up on that intimacy or the potential for intimacy preparing yourself for love I think it just sort of um, I could see I could. Uh, I was just going to say that I could see how it could be a parasocial thing, but I could also see how it ties into what Christian was saying and what John was saying about like recognizing you yourself as a dangerous social entity or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where compatibility comes in and like self awareness, because what probably happened is that you were saying a bunch of stuff that would hurt people and obviously would get at their shadow and all the memories of like times where they've let themselves down in relationships or the things that they have as like constructs in their mind for what they can get or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so that probably was, was like an over the top tidal wave. And Mm -hmm. the social connection is that they've already deemed you as people that they're going to take advice from and you know, the Enneagram and da da da. And so, um, I think maybe if you guys were social types or whatever, <laughs> I think it is parasocial, but I also think it's just like, it's just painful. That's, that was one thing I want to say from earlier. Like we, we keep on saying like, Oh, like people are trying to fuck with you or whatever, but no, sometimes people are just having authentic reactions of like, like what the fuck and terrible emotions coming through, you know? Mm, so okay. I don't know if yeah. everything I said made sense, but I have something, if it, I don't want to interrupt you if you got something, okay. No, I was just going to say that it's, uh, okay, like what she's saying, that it's, that was triggering for a lot of people. It made people feel bad because it made them realize the shallowness of their romantic connections. And, um, you know, here I am, this shadow boy, social blind, talking about, hey, don't give up on love. You know, so it's like, a, like fuck you, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think. And another thing that uh, Ikram was saying, it was social compatibility. So like, one of the, like, we were talking in those episodes about compatibility and we were emphasizing yeah. the sexual instinct, but it was right. like sexual, social and heart altogether. Yeah. And it was like what it means to like be with somebody that's not just basically entertaining your instincts, but is actually connecting yourself to somebody. And part of that uh, is 
you know, you bring up compatibility and part of compatibility is exclusion, right? Like, you know, and from a sexual point of view, you just recognize like you're going to, you're going to have compatibility with some people and you're going to be excluded with other people and that's just fine. But sometimes I think maybe from like a, from a social lens, it's painful to recognize that you, even if you like these people or this group or these ideas, that you might not actually be compatible with them like you might not belong mm-hmm. to these things like li- they're liking something and being and belonging with it are different yeah and i think that that might have been another thing because like a lot of people turned uh like weirdly hateful you know and i think that there was something there about like what it takes to connect and i don't know like that's that's no. that's you know what i'm saying that's like no that's a huge realization i think uh i i saw some weird things where after we started the podcast that I knew that I needed to stop posting in the group because I re- recognized that I would, if I would comment or respond to someone in a sort of a, any sort of pushback way, people would just end up leaving the group immediately. And I think someone explained it that it's this, they're, they're hit with the realization that this podcast that I like or this group that I like, that they might not actually feel the same way about me that I feel about them. Like they realize they're hit that, oh, they're not going to like me. He might not even like me as a person. So they've built up this relationship already. And so if I say something or I express something on a podcast that feels invalidating to them, it feels like a rejection, which brings up these emotions where fuck you. So they're kind of reacting to the sense of rejection that they're feeling from listening to what we've said. Yeah. (laughs) So dear listeners, I just want to assure you that we don't like you and we are rejecting you. If you were wondering, if you're wondering, you guys are social blind. Watch nobody ever fucking post in a group again. <laughs> it's scary. The group is actually kind of a scary social space because there's a lot of people who are like super like in, I, I don't know if it's like they're emulating you or because you guys are attracting them, whatever, because of the podcast. But it's like people are super abrasive. That was <laughs> when I joined, I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> Why I'm would like, they be that way? I'm like, kind of like the group doesn't have a lot of text based, you know, posts or anything like that, which are the harder posts to make if you're the p- person posting. Because you again, you're opening yourself up for whatever. And so, yeah. I think you guys should be nicer to the listeners as a positive type. I'll just uh, (laughs) post. Well, that's how nice we're being already. I'll just post you're wrong with a lot of smiley faces. I don't feel like you get the listeners. (laughs) That's my seventh frustration. (laughs) (laughs) Trying really hard to be nice. Like I, we're actually really mean people that have become nicer because of this podcast. Well, this, that's part of what you can do on this uh, episode of Chrome is you can teach us about the listeners. Right yeah, save it for job. the roast save it for the roast episode that they're doing next oh yeah that'll be good yeah oh, that's yeah. gonna be fun <laughs> alexandra you had some point you were gonna make earlier before everybody rudely interjected it's probably gone uh, now but, it is way gone, yeah. <laughs> yeah, way, gone. way gone i was just well i'll say just social a- here <laughs> thank you thank social you. too uh, <laughs> well <laughs> Uh, well, just as a quick thing with the parasocial thing, part of that also is that like the relationship is one directional for a long time. So they've already decided, listeners mm. have already decided right. that they've accepted you. They've already like, like signed mm. on to be your family in certain ways. Right. And so then when there's action that says, no, I don't accept you back. Yeah. It feels like they're being excluded from a, um, yeah. Like they're being pushed out of a family. They didn't realize they hadn't been a part of yet. Oh, interesting. Something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. 
like parasocial relationships when I think about them it's it's a part of kind of like the light shadow like qualities that you don't think you can own so like you guys plus other even like tv shows why people get obsessed with characters and stuff like it's all these qualities that people listeners watchers whatever just have completely disowned Mm. and so they think that like you become the placeholder like that's my source of this quality that i find really attractive and desirable Mm. and and so when that thing like some kind of disillusionment happens where that thing turns against me that was my only source that quality because i'm not learning to integrate that quality myself so it's mm-hmm. like I become angry because it's just a reminder that I I, I can't have that quality within me. It's it's unobtainable yeah. in a way. If that mm. makes sense. Yeah. I yeah, think yeah, that's yeah. that's yeah. why that's yeah. that culture is so popular. Like you think of like fan fiction and stuff like that. Like yeah. it's mm. just playing with these qualities that people um are, are kind of like it's kind of like has to be alive in there some in them somewhere Mm -hmm. but it's it's still it's an external thing they're not letting it be an internal like i can have this quality as well so so what do you say to what does it say about someone to the degree that they're having these projections or not like you know i i what i was trying to understand is like why why is it this something that i do or why me <laughs> i don't i don't do this and i can't relate to it and i can't find it yeah. i'm not trying to say that i'm better because i don't but i'm trying to understand like what does it say about someone that they're doing this with you know external characters to such a degree uh yeah Connection well to self. Uh, yeah i was gonna say i mean based yeah. on our current climate here in our culture like you're you're at home you you're at home with the same people you go to work see the same people like you start to live in a, a alternate kind of world of connection that mm. doesn't kind of exist. And they're qualities that you're not expressing. Like if people aren't very like, it's, it's almost its own form of creativity for people. Mm. And mm. if you're not expressing creativity in any other kind of way, like that mm. is still a creative form, but it's also, it can be damaging and you don't realize that. Do you know what I mean? It kind of refers back to that uh, sort of self-regulating thing that we were talking about earlier. You know, uh, when you're in a, whatever, nuclear family, two parents, one parent, Mm -hmm. and a sibling or two. Yeah. Yeah, like your environment. diversity. Yes. And so with our culture now, diversity is only accessed in a kind of like unobtainable way like i either listen to it or i watch it yeah Mm -hmm. i i'm not Mm -hmm. engaging with it so then you know when you do actually engage it that's why you have like crazy fans for celebrities and stuff and they become like we've built this culture around obsession with people because it's all these bright shiny qualities that you're not accessing in any other kind of creative way so when you get to see that in person like yeah you're gonna have kind of an identity crisis (laughs) because now you start to realize these people are just people and Mm -hmm. they can hurt you and they can you know they might not accept you and they might not see you in the way that you think they're seeing you because you have like you've been playing with this projection of them the whole time interesting that like that thing about characters and stuff like that yeah. And and why people like watch a bunch of TV and it's like trying to get that it's it's trying to like activate like the overlap of uh social and psyche, you know, and mm. speaking of which, yesterday I found online this girl who's uh autistic who has a um a shrine 
to a character called Randy, who's uh, like the father of one of the South Park kids. <laughs> and it's like, it's like a, it's like a full room shrine dedicated, like covered to this one character. And, and, uh, you know, it was like, you know, there's a lot of people online that are like, oh, I'm autistic or whatever. It's like, like that's autistic. <laughs> like, Google it. It's crazy. Anyway, um, you know, that's super interesting. This, like, yeah, like, I've always liked characters, you know, like, I love Wolverine and, and all this stuff. And, like, I've, I've always loved the X-Men and stuff like this, like that. And, and it's, that was, like, my social instinct or something growing up is, like, reading comics and stuff like, I don't know, it's really interesting. Yeah, there's, like, really strong, like, archetypes built in people and so you're kind of that's kind of what the maybe like a a light shadow or the golden shadow would be like it's this archetype of that's hiding in you that the other person sees and it's something that's why you kind of can't predict who's gonna you know kind of fall in love with what archetype but you become that thing and it's it's like they're trying to get it um outside of themselves instead of a creative way to cultivate it inside of themselves Mm. so that's why i think like we're kind of also just kind of like starving for creativity Mm. i think just as people in general and so that kind of becomes a way these characters become a way for people to still feel creatively involved and connected Mm -hmm. and and accepted in some kind of way because that that character or the person because you guys are just people becomes like that's you're it and and they want it like that kind of thing well i, I think that's like uh you know with stuff like QAnon, <laughs> you know or or these kinds of things like i think it's the same deal where yeah. you know if i if i lived in a pre-agrarian you know uh 10,000 bc thing i would be around people that were like activating and animating me on different psychological levels i mean part of what was interesting about being in the zone was knowing each other's types so well so that when we were all doing each other's type it was just like it was just funny you know it wasn't even annoying it was just like all the nines were heavy under blankies and (laughs) ikram was converting into a nine uh, you know David got angry at the sun. Emika was not sharing the music. I don't know what I was doing, but when you guys roasted me, that was very funny. And so, it was like, we're all just like doing our our types. Um, and and so, you know, I th- I feel like these, uh, yeah, like, like like I have a friend who goes, he's got some stuff going on, and he goes in and out of like entertaining different far-right ideologies and he like kind of comes out of it and you know he's he's had a lot of trauma in his life like really severe stuff so i you know i i like have some grace for him because of his whatever but i kind of feel like it's that like he's trying to be a character in a story to be Mm -hmm. activated but he's like really isolated in a certain way and he's really kind of stuck in a certain part of his life um and he's a social type also, and he gets involved. He's not a QAnon guy, but it's like kind of stuff that's not too far away from that, where it's like, this thing's happening, and I got to be like a, a warrior, and he's like posting stuff about being some kind of like warrior type, and it's like, dude, you just like, you're just like a family guy, you know, just like, <laughs> chill. Uh, I have some other stuff I want to ask about, unless you had some things to add to that kind of stream. But I want to hear from, I'm, I'm, so we got three fucking social types here. Uh, but we haven't heard much of your personal experiences of 
uh, social pain. And I at least am very attuned to uh, one of my social types here. And I can see, you know, you have a look on your face, baby. I don't know if like something's coming up or there's something there, but I can feel, I can feel your energy. <laughs> not right now. <laughs> huh? No, not right now. I mean, yes, probably, but nothing's coming up, right? It's just been interesting to listen to everything because these are, these are a lot of takes I haven't heard before and a lot of like, um, I guess in a lot of ways, like since coming into the Enneagram, since you guys have been the dominant voices, there's, there's a lot of ways that I, there hasn't, I haven't been exposed to, this is going to sound so, <laughs> it's going to sound so self-aggrandizing, but like, I haven't been exposed to many people that can teach me about the social instinct. <laughs> and so it's been really nice to just like, listen to you guys and hear, hear your experiences and your perspectives on it. Um, especially because, you know, these guys are social blind and they're a lot of the the like dominating teachers in this space so to yeah to be exposed to new social intel is just it's been really nice to just like reflect on so something will come up but not right now <laughs> well I was, yeah, I was curious if uh, anybody wanted to like i don't know if there was a more personal way of speaking about the personal wounding and the personal instinct you know what i'm saying like without, you don't have to get like you tell a story or something but just like yeah, like what's your, I don't know, like the way I talked about like the, the fear around not feeling chosen or all these other things that can happen, like what's your personal experience of that? Akram mentioned earlier uh, one of the conversations we had after the zone uh, where she went super deep into social pain, suffering, and I I started crying. She started crying and, and that made me start cr crying and I'm I'm not that kind of person usually <laughs> that would have that reaction. You're not David. Yeah. Why did you make and David cry? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was. We really, need to hear what you told him. It now. was intense. Yeah. And so, but at the same time, that's involves some specific people, and I don't know how much you want to do all of that if, if you want to, because it's. I know it's getting yeah into the shit. Um. I guess the overview and the thing that I found out and, and like realized when I was talking to David was like, I think I get how social sexual like makes me feel isolated in some sort of way and how it's different from social self-pres in terms of like social self-pres. I know for a fact we're feeling the same amount of pain um, of just like how dry the planet is, but social self-pres feels like it's on kind of you guys are like on a mountain, you know, like you're drawing Christian, like you're, you're a little bit dry. Like it, it's like nothing's touching you because you're protected. You've done a hike or whatever. <laughs> and then I think with social, social, sexual, it's just like, I just, I constant, constantly am in situations where I'm like fucking burying my soul to people who don't give a fuck about me at all. Like, and then finding out later. And it's just incredibly painful to the point where I was like, I, I just felt like um, after my aunt died and that friendship imploded and then like, oh, I just felt so, so done with people. I was fully in the line to five. I was like, this is, I'm not good for the world. I'm not like a part of it. <laughs> I don't, I think people are going to hurt me and I don't know how to protect myself in any sort of way. And I don't even know if I have anything to give them. I guess that entire situation um, that we, when we were talking, David, was just like me, I don't know, just feeling into the deep hopelessness I had that I was too much for the planet and maybe I made other people unstable as well. 
And I would never, ever actually meet people, um, you know, who saw me and didn't want anything from me and weren't, I don't, cause I'm not even good at picking up when people like, I'm a social type. I'm still not good at picking up when people are projecting onto me or have like, you know, ulterior motives. Um, so when I, when I met you guys, um, it actually just felt relaxed and normal and cool. And it made me feel really happy after everything I've been through. So, yeah. Kristen, it's your turn. No. <laughs> I don't know what you're waiting for. <laughs> Tell us the worst thing. Just the letting worst. it settle. Letting it settle. Yeah, letting it settle. Dangerous yeah no, for, I mean, for me, it's just like, like just yeah. so you know, Ikram. That's like, a lot. Yeah. yeah. I wasn't yeah. just being silent because it was, I don't want to, I don't want you as a social type to feel like you did something awkward. So, like, no, no it was just, no, no. Yeah, just yeah. sitting with that. You. you know, it was yeah. just letting it be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. God bless. Thanks for letting me. <laughs> um yeah it was it was it was really bad i'm i'm like fully in my head right now like not even a little bit close to my heart but um i think when i was talking to david that day that was the first time that you know with another human being i was able to like get into my heart and talk about it Mm. before i would i would just do a tailspin you know between seven and nine like this is really fucked up. I can't believe all the ways that this is fucked up and it's actually probably fine. And this shit happens to people all the time, like nine dispersing. And then when I got to talking to David, I wasn't even expecting it. Like I fully dropped into my heart about like how badly that made me feel, even though it was obvious, but it made me feel extremely bad. So yeah. There's an interesting, um, you mentioned something that I'm like relating to. Um, and you can tell me if this was what you were saying or if not, or if, you know, whatever. But, um, there was something you were saying about how, like, you didn't realize like how badly it hurt you or, or that you like realized it, but, um, okay, this is just going to be my like framing, I guess, like whatever, this is what is coming up for me and hearing you talk about that is that I've, I've had, I, yeah, I have a lot of stories of like social um, heartbreak basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a way that, um, there's a way that it like took me a long time to recognize that it was pain. Mm-hmm. Um, because, okay, how do I say this? Mm, hang on. Yeah. There's, there's a way that it took me a long time to recognize that it was pain because it was also just like, I know that this is what happens. You know, like, I know that people can be dangerous. I know that people will uh, pretend to be, and not that this is necessarily what happened to you, but, like, the people will pretend, or maybe, I don't know, that people will pretend to be in a personal space with you or suddenly decide to discard that personal relationship that you guys have for something else, and and that's just the lay of the land. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, there was a, there was, yeah, it took a long time for me to process that, like, oh, I'm actually hurt by this. Like, just because this is just like the way things work doesn't, yeah, it doesn't make it any easier for me. Um, yeah, so that's, I guess that's something that came up. I guess there's more, but. I mean, I I'll think for a second. in the course of us being together, there's things that, like, you've known were bad or hurtful, but like, like, it seems like you've, seen their impact as much more deep or still alive or something like that do you know what i'm trying to say like mm, can you explain that a little more I'm not 
there have been things that like have hurt you that you like realizing like still hurt. Oh, and yeah. they hurt you a yes. lot deeper and more than you even realized. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still trying to tease out like what was the framing that introduced me to the social sphere as like an independent person? You know, like I guess like a lot of what has happened for me. Oh, sorry, I'm so emotional today. It's okay, baby. I guess a lot of what's happened to me since the since the meetup is like the recognition that I um is like how cynical I've been about the social space. Or just like referring to it as like a game of throw like this is just how people work. Like I've been told many, many times that I'm very socially perceptive. And that comes from a place of being cynical. And it comes from a place of like um seeing how people can be dangerous and seeing how people can capitalize on the personhood of other people and treat people's personhoods like like territory to just take over like a resource mm. just like like property um and i think what this zone did for me was it put me you know like i've said many times at this point that um i've said many times that like um something that was really strong for me at this zone was the realization that I didn't have anything to be worried about and that that ended up being the thing that made me suspicious because I'm so, I was so comfortable being on guard and like having to monitor things. Um, and what that has done has also put me in contact with the ways that I have been avoiding intimacy from other people and that I've been avoiding putting myself into intimate situations. Um, because it's like the water I was, and I, I don't know how to like trace this back to the root, whatever kind of like original object relational dynamics were there. I'm still trying to discover that, but um, it seems like the water I was just like born into was, was just like, be careful. Um, and so learning how to turn off my guard is a whole new learning process. And another thing that's come out of this, like with my processing with Josh is realizing that the tools that I have used to strengthen that cynicism in order to protect myself. Um, I've used like looking down on people, um, kind of like, like judging people for this or for that as just like ways to uphold a barrier to intimacy because it's something you're supposed to protect yourself from. Yeah, so I think, I'm not sure where to go with that, but that's where a lot of my processing has been. That's that's a that's a location where a lot of my processing has been when it comes to social pain is realizing that like um there's a lot of ways that I've just been mistrustful, distrustful, whatever the word is, within the social instinct, both because of ways that things were framed from the beginning, um, also and then reinforced by like bad things that happened. And um I think John, you're the one that said an open nervous system or like a sensitive nervous system or something like that. That's the, um, that's the, that's what attachment theory is based off of. It's this idea that like when you get attached to someone, not in the object relational sense, but when you like accept somebody, um, you open up your nervous system to them. And so then your nervous system becomes activated when the attachment, you know, like when the connection feels threatened, um, and we develop different responses to that activation, I guess. 
And so, um, yeah, there's like this larger conversation. Okay, sorry I'm being so messy. <laughs> You're not, baby. It's good. Mm -mm. It's all really good. Emika, you said something about being really relaxed after the zone. And I was really relaxed during it and definitely after it. But something about you saying that put, I guess, like just like brought attachment theory back up. Um, that having good social regulation can add years onto your life and can, you know, add to your nervous system and to your, what's the other thing, your immune system, mm -hmm. um, and can just give you a better quality of life. Like it's been shown over and over then that having, you know, we kind of talked about this with the soul intercourse that like choosing your partner is the most important decision you can make for your life because it's like, especially in this like hyper individualized society, you're really over, um, what am I saying? you're over relying on one person to give you all of that regulation. Mm -hmm. And so there was something about this. So, you know, like my relationship with John, it's wonderful and we get a lot of regulation from it, but I think he would agree with this in saying that like there was a more holistic sense of regulation, at least that I got from being around all of you. Mm -hmm. um, that, yeah, that just really brought up a lot for me. And as far as social goes, there's, I, I keep using the word family with social because that's how that weekend felt. Yeah. Um, was just like, oh, I found people that I'm going to like be protective of and take care of and that I feel like will take care of me too. Sorry. Sorry. It's beautiful, baby. I think another thing with this too is um, I don't remember the framing of a lot of this, but I think, oh, I think this was in the parasocial conversation that there's this idea of, of basically like imprinting on characters, on archetypes and stuff like that. I think one of the ways social can get distorted is that because we do that, we then try to characterize ourselves to social spaces. Um, which means we're only going to be related to very, very, extremely and completely. Um, and maybe this is like a three fix thing for me, but then when you get related to in a positive way for that incomplete caricature that you've developed, um, I don't know, there's just like a larger sense of loneliness that comes because the rest of you gets, you just have to leave the rest of you behind. Yeah, another thing that's come up for me too is like, like, I bet a lot of people really struggle with self-worth around that. I know that I, I do. With this idea of having to stay on guard or having to only be related to in a very specific way. Um, for me, it has meant that a lot of me has been undeveloped, which means that I have not been able to, like, share those parts of myself with other people in a way that will, like, reinforce a sense of self-worth. And I'm not even sure if that's, like, how it works. but. Um, that's just like another conversation I've been kind of having with myself. <laughs> okay, somebody else go. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, mine's sort of related, but sort of opposite. Um, and we've talked about this. That uh, for me, like my role has, like I really took on a social role my whole life. So I haven't had groups of friends really. Like, you know, like I've, I've made friends, <laughs> but like I've never was involved in like a large group of of people. Even like this is probably the largest group I've ever involved myself with. Um, so I've I've kind of kept to myself a lot, but I think it's because when I 
do involve myself with other people, whether it be friends or group or whatever, like I invest a lot into it. And so I kind of took on the social role or the social self-pres role because it is it is very dry. Um, <laughs> but I didn't mean it in that way. Like on a <laughs> No, I get totally get it. No, I get it. Um, I don't I don't hike that much, but I, I do. Um, oh my god! I, I like. Uh, I have always taken on the social role as the therapist. Um, including in my family like it started in my family um and that is just i probably where i have then felt like i was being accepted and i belonged as if i played the therapist for everybody or the mother like i've been the mother and the therapist for everyone um and i guess that's partially ops typing as well of mm. like mm -hmm. um so that's kind of what I've always like felt comfortable with, but there's this aspect and my roommate has brought this up to me. I talk about her a lot because of course, like, you know, we've been friends since like eighth grade. So biggest, oh, wow. yeah, biggest social connection, you know, that kind of thing that she had said to me after talking about stuff in the zone that she's like, you know, Kristen, I have always been pissed off that people have never really recognized you for for what you can contribute and like who you are in that way like what you're that inner world essentially that I'm always in and I use it when I'm in like a therapy mode with people that like let me use all of my resources and energy to help you um and and to like I get invested into their life. And so that's kind of my own way of self-forgetting is like, let me forget mm -hmm. about me because I'm now in mm -hmm. your world. Um, and when it's, I'm giving that to people that don't really care, <laughs> yes, you know, like not even just friends, but like, you know, my, my involvement with teachers and with um, professors when I was in college, like all this stuff that I would try to like show myself to that social kind of vulnerability like oh is this safe to like kind of let you into my world essentially um it was completely overlooked mm -hmm. like in every aspect of of my life essentially like every once in a while I'd get something and then it would kind of just like slip away or or I'd you know move on to the next thing whatever um so I think I was one of the ones who cried <laughs> and I hated every second of it um, because like it's easy for me to cry with other people like when they're experiencing something because it is that energy of like I'm in your world when you're telling me about something like I'm right there with you which is why like mothering has come so kind of or or therapy has come so naturally to me because it's like I am in what you are describing me to but I have not had other people do that for me. Mm. Like never have I talked about my problems or um, things that I've struggled with, especially in the moment, because social self-pres is like, I don't want to be messy. I don't want to be raw. Mm. So like it was Josh. <laughs> Josh decided to be the mother figure for me. <laughs> and said mother to, Josh. Mother Josh. <laughs> Mother Josh said things that like just I didn't even realize that was at play in that moment that it's like I have not allowed myself to be like 
I guess, seen and mothered or cared for in that way. And like everyone here recognizing the things that I've done as something important and like, a, I guess like a, it, it's kind of making me see too that the things that I'm like offering are also me rather than just, mm. oh, here's the thing for you. And then all, you know, with self-press social, it's all like, oh, thanks for this tool. Okay, bye. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then yeah. It's like, oh, I, these things are who I am too. Like they come from my inner world and that has not been recognized in the way that I think it has here. So that kind of, I feel like each one of us came in with something going on that we weren't quite sure was lingering. So for it at the zone to kind of all like happen at once and we weren't putting it on each other Mm because it was kind of like just a pain that was existing and it it was seen essentially um, in whatever way that is non-intentionally. And so to me, it's like bringing up a lot of like, wow, I do invest a lot of energy where it probably shouldn't be because (laughs) it's like not being either cared for, recognized or like it's it is kind of my own way of self-forgetting so like this is the kind of work that actually makes me be like oh my god like where have I been my whole life like (laughs) like this is this is like this is where I am and this is where I kind of always have been but I kept forgetting Mm. so I think that's kind of what every everything has cultivated for me in the cleanest way no crying possible yeah (laughs) of course (laughs) because I have got my barrier too but yeah that's that's I think that's kind of the gist of my story social well this has been good yeah I think uh it's gonna provide a lot of texture to a lot of people's experience like both in terms of uh mirroring the different kinds of pain and longing people have but also like uh I think I think you know it's like naming a territory that like everybody's involved with but hasn't really given it texture to hasn't given real nuance to and i mean i i I feel like this kind of social uh just like dysfunction and pain and stuff like that and longing is like very universal but uh it's not really fully looked at in the eye you know especially because i think you'd have to admit a lot of stuff about like how you feel about your life and yourself and other people and the relationships you've got and also, uh, you know, Alexander, the way you put it is like, well, this is what it is. Like, we kind of do have a collective, like, this is the way the world is. So better just, you know, adjust to it in the best whatever way or s- settle with it or something like that. Yeah. My experience with, with that idea was just like, this is something you can't take personally because it's just what ha- it's just how nature works. Mm-hmm. And so then to find out of like, oh, I have taken it personally and it should be taken, you know, and like <laughs> the heart is personal, <laughs> yeah. whether mm-hmm. you will it to be or not. Um, yeah, it has been an interesting kind of excavation process. Yeah. And in the future, it might be interesting to get more because I get this question all the time. What's the difference between the social instinct and the heart center? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, it might be really interesting to get more into detail okay. about how those things link up and how they're different. Um. Because sometimes as a social blind, like I can go on and on about heart, but then sometimes like the difference with with heart and social, it's like I can feel it, but it's like, you know, identity. Like we talked a lot about identity in relation to social, mm-hmm. and then there's identity in relation to heart center and and how are those connected and blah 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 blah. So and self image and things like that. It's yeah, interesting. Go ahead. There's a lot here uh, in terms of trying to better understand social 
that you guys have said about uh it's like how you project an inner eye onto someone else and stuff about like acceptance that's mm-hmm. all kind of like all right i need to try to find those concepts within myself mm-hmm. um and i'm interested to explore that see if we can because with the sexual we've been able to find some terms that maybe help people get at it a little bit better with polarity intention and things like that and i'm hoping to see if we can find i can figure out new ways of looking at social that'll make it land better for me yeah i'd be super down to keep this conversation going with you guys um I think just, yeah, having different facets to pull from and explore and just different perspectives to share. I just kind of want to play blast with you guys about it so I can just understand it better. You're getting at something that is uh, just an observation that comes up for me, and it's come up before from other episodes of the pod where we've had social types on, and that is that there's a way that like self-pres and sexual kind of um, have almost a dead end quality, whereas mm-hmm. like social, you bring social in, and it's almost elementally this thing could just keep going forever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's actual. It's 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 yeah. like oh yeah, conversations. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, and, pe- <laughs> yeah. and people and all these angles, and it's so much more sort of hyper three dimensional or four dimensional yes. or something. Yeah, yeah, and it, and it brings in that that spirit almost at the level to for me at the like elemental physics of what's happening in the conversation or mm-hmm. in our bodies or something mm-hmm. yeah and, that's interesting yeah, yeah you know. it feels different yeah i mean those baba chakra episodes the the one with joseph and alexandra on social that's like one of my top favorite ones because it's like oh yeah conversation yeah yeah versus the ones where it's just the me you and uh john that's a completely different vibe you're in some swamp water (laughs) or that one that me and emica did (laughs) (laughs) yeah sometimes in social blind conversations it's really just like (laughs) it's really just like taking turns yeah (laughs) it's really just taking turns saying whatever thought you hadn't finished yet (laughs) like there's not a lot of yeah it's like it's like shooting like like uh, in separate yards like with a fence between us but shooting roman candles at each other (laughs) (laughs) like the way i uh, the way i described it one time is it's like uh, each of us like okay. I'm stepping forward. I'm gonna say my thing, and then I'm gonna step back. <laughs> yeah. Like it's just totally not ping ponging. You know, it's like okay, I said my part. I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> or it'll be like it. It doesn't feel like communicative because it's like maybe I'm triggered, not or I'm provoked by something John says or whatever. I'm provoked by, and I fixate on this like yeah juicy part and i make that a whole thing and so i'm not really communicating i mean this is one of the things that hit me after the zone is this the huge difference between you know uh sexual instinct uh chemistry and getting high off of that versus what this you know social intimacy Mm -hmm. is Mm -hmm. and just a recognition that i've never been in a romantic or maybe one where i felt that level of you know, being seen and being uh, that sort of quality intimacy. And it was like a really sad realization mm-hmm. that in a way that um, being social blind, that I've sort of set up scenarios where 
I, in order to experience the chemistry that I want, I have to sort of disown the possibility of that level of intimacy, mm-hmm, almost mm-hmm. to guarantee that it doesn't happen because I want to go so far in the other direction. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, just like recognizing that those two things can exist and they don't have to be at odds with each other. And it's actually better for me to seek the real intimacy first before getting, you know, into this sort of like swamp, you know, <laughs> attraction bullshit that seems so nice and sizzly, but it's like, you're not a person in here. You're just yeah, at true. a whorehouse, you know, just getting off. It's rep- reptilian. <laughs> it's reptilian without the social instinct. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, sometimes you get lucky and uh, you, know, you, you find the heart connection and then... You find the whorehouse inside. Yeah. <laughs> you bring out the whorehouse and somebody else. <laughs> uh, this is sexual self rest for for again. <laughs> so maybe maybe from these uh, we had soul intercourse. Now we're having like soul communism or something like that. <laughs> yeah, there's something in there. Yeah. Well, Emika, I'll say it was and it, watching you that weekend was really interesting too because I felt you just like soften over time, mm, like yeah. and you know you came in already soft and kind of like not uh, soft maybe is not the word but like relaxed. But I watched yeah, you like yeah. significantly soften over time to the point where like the very last and you can choose to keep this in or not, but uh, depending on <laughs> the how point where like you be. right, <laughs> <laughs> which is not. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Um, to the point where the very, very, very last morning where we were all just talking and we were processing mm-hmm. with Josh and whatever, whatever. I think this came before Josh's big processing thing with all the girls. Mm-hmm. Um, you just like came over. You clearly still have. Never mind. I'm not going to say that part. Uh, go, you come go over, ahead. You're kind of tired. Well, I was going to say yeah. you still have drugs in your system. So whatever, okay. whatever. Joselle um, Perez doesn't want to say that part. Yeah. <laughs> you come over, you're like really sleepy. And I can't remember who you go up to, but you like looked at either Ikram or Kristen and you're just like, oh my God, I haven't hugged you yet. It was me. Oh, it was yeah. me. <laughs> what the fuck is going on here? It's just the world like is changing. Sweet social intimacy that he's like reaching for so is amazing. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I call Alexander a glowy nine, but we had a glowy eight that morning. Totally good. <laughs> I felt so happy. I was, yeah. I, I don't, I was like, I could just die. This could be yeah. my last yeah. weekend on earth. Like, I, I, there's nothing else that I want more than what just happened. And I just, I, yeah, that's the happiest I felt in a very, very long time. Mm. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. So I guess one of the last things that comes up for me too is like something that was really powerful for me was was this idea that there could be people that already love and care about you without needing anything from you. Like the adage, I don't know if it's an adage or whatever, but the idea of like come as you are is I think social in its most pure form. Um, and I had, there was, it just the whole weekend seemed like it was in that space. Everybody just come as they are and they'll be taken care of and looked after and loved and shared with. And um, I just have not been exposed to that really before you guys. Mm. So that was very special for me. <laughs> All right. Well, this is a good fucking whole deal. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Let's get out of here. <laughs> All right. Yeah, we'll probably do follow up with this shit. All right, yeah. so okay. next That'd next week, uh, you guys are coming David. back to Everybody Roasters. Look at David. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sounds good. What was David, that? David, Next inside. week, you're coming back to Roasters. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I could do that. Yeah, let's do it. All right, fools. All right, guys. Yeah.
Bye. This was great. Bye. Thanks. Yeah. Bye. Talk to you later. Okay. Yeah.